Hello and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian, the side just one game away from breaking records and going on their worst ever winless league run in history. I am Laurie Dunsire, uh, recording this podcast a bit later than usual um, with the need for some alcoholic refreshment. I, 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 not in any way inebriated, but I, I have opened a beer to go with this one because Mark Donaldson is going to get a bit heavy this week, I feel. Has to be done. Has to be done. It's been a, a crazy and unnecessary week just before we came on air. I said to you, this is a, a footballing equivalent of Brexit. Unnecessary, totally unnecessary, and shooting ourselves in the foot. That's what the country did with Brexit. And sadly, I think that's what Hearts have done a little bit this week as well, with results in the park, followed by statements which we will get into. Um, we'll try and have a bit of fun later on. But for now, I think we need to get straight to it. Yes, I'm just trying to figure out the cast for our Brexit narrative. Um, is it Craig, Boris Johnson, Levine? Um, I don't think anybody's in, as incompetent as <laughs> Boris Johnson. That's probably true. That's probably So true. no, Craig survives. Bungle would be... Uh, we could do the cast of Rainbow as the, 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 the politicians with Bungle <laughs> as Prime Minister and what else. No, it, it's, been a, it's been a frustrating week. And I just wonder, Laurie, if when the dust has settled with whatever happens, whether Craig stays or, or, or goes, if in the cold light of day, whether in public or in private, Anne will regret the wording of the statement, which was quickly followed by according to the Scotsman, an email sent to supporters, which, as I say, I think we've got ourselves in a hole here of our own making. Indeed. We will discuss the statement from Anne Budge. Um, probably the main focus this week, to be honest, we would have had focus on the Motherwell match and I suppose Craig Levine and the short to medium and long-term future of things. But we should, we should be but looking ahead to an Edinburgh derby, Lord. We should, we should. That, that's, that's what we should be doing, and it's hardly going to get a mention this week, because, to be honest, I don't know about most Hearts fans, if, if, if I was to say that a defeat, and not that it's guaranteed, a defeat in the Edinburgh derby would mean the end of Craig Levine, would you take that? Some would. I never want my team to lose. I don't care what it means. I don't, I don't want us to lose, especially not to Hibs. If it was another team, that, then maybe. Um, but I, I wouldn't want that. But I know there are fans who, if, if offered the chance, if a, if a defeat on Sunday at Easter Road meant no more Levine, we would take that. And we shouldn't be in this situation. That's sad. So we're going to talk through it. And what I would like to do is go through a lot of the feedback that we've had from fans, because I think it's important to gauge the response. And most of it... Um, is reasonable, you know, people are unhappy, but I would hope to get some balance as well. Um, and we're going to obviously share our opinions a bit, Mark, as well. Uh, one of the things to mention to begin with now, it's it's not one of these, the whole debate about the heart situation just now is it's very hard to separate it into two sides because certainly. While many Hearts fans, and I'm pretty sure you know, we've made it clear previously that we feel that the time for a change is needed in terms of the manager. And most, I would say, Hearts fans feel that way. You see all the polls. Most of them usually seem to say 85 to 90 percent want change now. And although all the polls in isolation are maybe 
a small number of fans. I think you could project that and probably say that's what the general feeling is. There is a small number of fans who have taken it to a ridiculous new level, and there's you know horrendous things. Being they're not fans, Laurie. Spread, they're they're, they're yeah. just they're they're scum. Yeah. So you know people taking it to that level and making it personal and spray painted ridiculous things. I mean that's. I don't think you have that, that. That doesn't need to be the pocket you're in because you think things aren't good just now, and there needs to be a change. And I think in the same way, you know, we're going to talk about. Craig Levine um, and Budge's statement. I don't think just you, you can you, you can maybe feel that this is not a good period and maybe Anne Budge hasn't managed this particular situation well and still acknowledge that on the whole what she's done for Hearts has been brilliant and there's still a lot of good work she's done. So I, I think it, it can't be just a black and white. All for Levine and Anne Budge, all against both of them. Everything has to be changed. I think you know there's a danger of of going too far either way. I think. I'm not going to go through and read the whole statement because I'm pretty sure everyone listening to this will have read the statement and it's obviously quite lengthy and we, a lot of it we're not going to dissect anyway. So I, I thought it'd be good, Mark, just to go straight into some of the messages we got because naturally from that they're going to cover some of the points and obviously we can get your thoughts as we go through through this. Um, and I want to give as much airtime to the thoughts of um, the listeners as possible. So. I, a good one to start with, I think, is um, a little bit of a longer one from Callum Taylor, who went through the statement. This is Callum's words. On Budge's statement, oh boy, it's bad. I can try and understand what she's trying to say, but right off the bat, she hits out with, the first I address to all genuine Hearts supporters. What is that? Just gives off the vibe if you don't agree with her, then you aren't a genuine supporter. Patronising those concerned is not a good start. Then she says she's concerned about results to start. Fair enough. What we do not do is overreact, throw all of our plans out the window and start again. That's obviously a quote from the statement that uh, Callum puts in there and then goes on to say, Ian Cathro will be fuming seeing that given he got four Betfred Cup games with his new squad and zero league games. I was happy he was gone and it's the same reason I want Levine gone. What is the difference? It's an interesting one. Before, and I'm pausing... Um, through what Callum said because he highlights quite a good point and I've heard a few people mention it um, Ian Cathro didn't have anywhere near the same time as Levine um, he'd only just built his first I guess squad for a full season um, is that a viable point to say that you know we're not going to throw our plans out the window and start again and overreact and Cathro did only get the Betford Cup games and similar to Craig Levine there were some disastrous results in their performances, certainly in defeat to a much lower division team, albeit Craig Levine's was on penalties and he still just squeezed through. But as I mentioned on the podcast after that, there was only one point difference. And the difference was that Craig Levine's team um, uh, won the penalty shooter against the championship side and Ian Cathro's lost it. I think the way we look at this, Laurie, is by looking at the bigger picture. Uh, the appointment of Ian Cathro didn't go against the plan that was in place, but it wasn't what was in place. It was a promote from within. Whether or not that was set in stone, Cathro came in from from the outside and we, we changed the plan. So why can't this plan be altered? There are many ways to reach a destination. Hmm. But just because... But here's Here's your analogy. 
you're traveling from Edinburgh to Glasgow and you find out that the M8 is blocked and you're going to be three hours in traffic. Do you sit in that traffic knowing fine well you're just about to come to the junction of the M9 where you can take the M9 junction and come out of the M80 on that side of Glasgow? Might be an extra 10 minutes from normal times, but there is another way. You still get to where you want to be, mm-hmm. but you're deviating um, necessarily from from the initial route that you planned to take. Maybe that's what Hearts did under Ian Cathro. Um, it was like, okay, we, we still want success. So the bottom line is here, Hearts want to be successful. Okay, And there are many ways that you can be successful. The problem I have right now is that this seems to be set in stone, that this is the plan, and it, it's going to be this way. There's no other way to do this. Whereas when we had the plans for the future prior to Cathro coming in, then we tweaked our system slightly to allow for Cathro to come in. Why can't we do something similar here? In that just because a plan is in place with regards to whether it's Craig Levina or whoever, if things aren't working, there's too many things now going against hearts. You're losing the goodwill of supporters that have saved the club. Now, I think what's important to say here as well, and it's something you touched on right at the start, had it not been for Anne Budge, I doubt we would be in this predicament as far as the safety of the football club, the positive outlook as far as, not on the pitch, but the root health financially that, that we are in. She got everybody, and the, the foundation of hearts with her, got everybody pretty much singing off the same hymn sheet. And it was, it was great. It just felt it, it was our club. Yeah. And there was still dissension of voices. Of course there were, because you're never satisfying everybody. But there were a lot of people that were happy, delighted, in fact, that the dark days towards the end under Romanov were a thing of the past and the saviour had come into it. She was Queen Anne. Mm-hmm. I just hope that what she now does, and that statement's out in public now, and she's going to have to live by that. What she now does will tarnish some of, of what she has already done. Now, that's, that's, that's going to happen. That's unfortunate because of the way things have been dealt with. However, we cannot afford to forget about the predicament we were in before she came in. From her perspective, playing the devil's advocate, she has to realise as well there are many ways to get from Edinburgh to Glasgow. And if you need to take the M9, it's not a bad thing. Callum Taylor goes on to say... um... She then talks about measures taken to strengthen the squad and then securing the most important parts on longer-term contracts, which is fine. This was important, and I think most agree this is a supremely talented squad that isn't showing it. However, in this section, she mentions how these actions were taken because we didn't finish top four in 2017-18, and it looked unlikely again last season. She said we have failed to meet expectations twice, so why are we persisting with the orchestrator of his failure? Next, she talks about not being able to field our best 11 due to injuries, but Levine has not played the same side in back-to-back games since the end of September last year. Does he know his best 11? I'd wager not. She then says they've planned in specific ways for this season, including catering for injuries. The contradiction is massive. Apparently, part of the reason we've been poor is injuries, but we've catered for these, so why is that? Or does she mean managing injuries that are already there? Because if so, it's going very poorly as we now have had five muscle injuries this season. Then Haring is still out from having been pushed to play through the pain barrier last season. It's woeful from the relevant departments. Um, 
Interestingly, the injuries, it's something I'll, I'll, I'll quickly touch on because um, it's one of these, it's not an area I have expertise in. Um, and I don't believe you do either in terms of... No, no, um, of course not. However, um, it's one of these things where like, I, I've, I can't think of ever seeing this level of serious injuries on such a consistent basis. Not just at hearts, just in general. I mean, obviously, I, I'm sure there's been cases of this in football at some point, but not that... Not that recently, and not that of, on and such. A, I would suppose um, well-known level around the UK, anyway. So I mean, I had a look, and over the past, well, just over a year, so since the start of last season, I counted twenty-one notable injuries to players, and I'm not going to go through them all because it takes a while because we've got lots of three, four months, five months, two months. I added it up, and you could work out at least five years of playing time in just over a year it, for all those players. And if you know, if you talk about if you if you give a very loose and general and simplified sum of our average salary, you could be talking at least half a million pounds, probably more than that, just in the wages. That is that is crazy how much we've had. And interestingly, so what I did um, through other um, work, I have some contact with someone who's a strength and conditioning coach and has worked with a lot of athletes, including some footballers, um, not in Scotland but um, in England. And I just sent him, now this is very loose, because he did say, I'm just working on a list here. I don't know what goes on. So I said, yeah, but tell me, if if you're looking at that, is it possible that these injuries can be caused by something that is avoidable? It's not just bad luck. And he did say, so I'll read what he said. He said, some, some in, impact injuries which are unavoidable, but chances are there is still something that can be reviewed in the strength and conditioning and management process that can be improved. It's hard to just to give details just on the info you've given, but the conditioning of players may well be a con- contributing factor. So that's someone who's a qualified strength and conditioning coach. Now, I don't know. Hearts, I'm sure, have got people on this and looking at what's going on. I, I have no doubt they're just, I don't think they're just ignoring it. But that doesn't change the fact that you can't just use all these injuries as a constant excuse. Craig Levine's overseeing the entire football department, and to me that includes medical and training. Um now, if there's an issue there, which I kind of suggest reading between the lines that there is issues that they're looking at, you can't just then use that as an excuse, can you? No. I, I, I like to abide, abide by the phrase, stay in your lane. I'm not going to try and be an expert on something I'm not an expert on. No, no, but regards what? To the medical, no, with regards to the medical department. Hear, hear me out here. I was always told when, when I came over here, well, I wasn't always told. I was, I was told in the early stages when I came over here with regards to the stuff that I do that's not football. I do a fair bit of tennis. I'm now doing baseball. Know what you don't know. And I think that's important. Now, all of this is, is us second-guessing. And, and good on you for, for going down that road as well. The only thing that, that we can judge this on is comments that have been made by the relevant people who are involved. And one of those was Craig Levine, and he was asked about it. And he made it, I don't have the quote in, in front of me, but it was along the lines of, yeah, we might, we might have to look at maybe tweaking the pitches that we use or stick to one or, or, or whatever. So it, may, it might just be frustration. I'm not going to cast aspersions and say whatever. Maybe it is just bad luck. But what I will say, I don't like it being used as an excuse. And here's why. Here is a quote from Derek McInnes this week of Aberdeen. In all my years at Pitodri, I haven't known 
an injury crisis as bad as this. Aberdeen are fourth right now. They've lost one of their first five. Yet he's talking about an injury crisis that he's never seen before at Pitodri. We can't just use it as a convenient excuse. We can't have people saying, and I'm, I'm talking pundits, I'm talking ex-pros that have been asked this week about Hart's situation. The majority of them have said, and players as well at the football club have said, this is as strong a Hart squad as, as they and we can remember. So if one goes down, then if it's a strong squad, there should be others to come in. They might not be as good, but we can't use, we can't just pick and choose what we're going to use as our excuse today. And injuries, if Derek McInnes is struggling with injuries and Aberdeen are still doing all right, we are bottom of the table. We have not won a game. We have two points. We shouldn't have two. We should have one because Ross County dominated us and they mm. missed a penalty. It's just another thing for Hearts right now. And what happens in this predicament, Laurie, when you've got a team struggling, then it just manifests itself. Everything is accentuated. Problems become just end-of-the-world issues as opposed to previously, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with this, we'll manage it. And it, it, it's easy to be selective when making comments. Peter Haring, well, if he hadn't played in the cup final, he might be back by now. No one complained that day. It's important to see both sides of the story. Oh, yeah, no one yeah. complained when Peter Haring appeared on the team sheet for the cup final. We can't have our cake and eat it here. No, so, no, like, I, I'm, like I'm saying with regards to the injuries, like I'm saying with Ann Budge, fine, you can criticise the statement. And I certainly, when I read it eventually after the Hearts website crashed and I, I got round <laughs> to reading it, I kind of wanted to read it again with my fingers over my eyes and peeking through the cracks in my fingers. So I think you can look at that, but you've got to see that there are two sides to, to, to every story. Right now, we are in a position that we find ourselves in, which for me could have been avoided, but, and I've spoken about the stubbornness of Craig Levine before, because we're all stubborn, and he is as well. And later on, I'm going to speak to you about an interview he gave to the Scotsman and Moira Gordon back in February. That stubbornness of the manager right now is manifesting itself to stubbornness all across the board. And that statement that was put out this week, I don't understand the timing of it. If there was no statement this week, it would have been a lot less pressure for a team going into an Edinburgh derby. That statement could have waited. And there goes the beer. <laughs> Is that number four or number five? I wish it was number five. It's only number two. What beer is it? It's uh, Bira Moretti. Oh, okay. Okay. By, by the way, just to, to finish <laughs> off on... on just, uh, it gives go you on an a, extra, let's go on a tangent. Like, go on. No, no, no. It's not a tangent. It gives you an extra uh, couple of moments to to, to, to gulp. Um, <laughs> the, the, devil's ad, the devil's advocate part of me saying they didn't need to release a statement could easily be Anne or someone else saying, well, I can't just not say anything after what we saw on Saturday after the game with the, the protests and, and everything like that. Yeah, it, it, I, I get that. But if you're going to do a statement, then that for me was petrol on an already roaring fire. That just made things worse. Amoruso lets it run, a popular Twitter account. Uh, really good videos come up on there, which I'm sure a lot of you When we were watched. good. When we were good. Uh, sent us an email, um, actually. And I'll go, go What's his some. name, by the way? Is it Scott? 
Oh Christ, I've forgotten. That's terrible because I just always see Amaru so lets it run on the account. Um, I know. I just I think like, it'd be nice just to say well, thank you for all the stuff that you do. If your name is Scott, well done, Scott. If it's not well done, insert name. Um, you put me on the spot there. I was. Uh, I'm, I'm going to find out now. Give me, give me one second, one moment. I'll put on hold music at this point, or I could open another beer. Um, whilst that's loading, I will read the statement. Um, I think before I go on to offer some constructive criticism, I need to acknowledge that I cannot begin to imagine the impact and strain that some of the vitriol from the vocal minority of Hearts fans would have had on Craig Levine or Anne Budge, along with their respective families, which is a fair point. Um, I think the best way to dissect the statement is to address the three concerns I have about the statement in order of priority. Number one. Uh, the now painfully obvious legitimate concerns raised about the run of results dating back nearly 12 months now. The statement seemed designed to dismith, dismiss last season's failings as being down to injuries alone, although it's clear we suffered with injuries. The extensive recruitment undertaken last summer should have meant that we were equipped to deal with this, and even an understrength heart side should not be dropping points home to Livingston, St Mirren, Hamilton, Ross County, etc. I would not class myself as a knee-jerk fan, but after carrying out a comparison of Levine's first 39 league games compared to the last 38, it shows that we are scoring less and conceding more goals, keeping less clean sheets, and picking up fewer points. If we were just struggling in one area, then there might be scope to offer a challenge to get some continuity in team selection and try to pick up results when all aspects of team performance is, uh, is on a downward trajectory through the position of the man um, though the position of the manager surely becomes untenable and um, on that so that was obviously the words of um, Mr. Amaruso lets it run um, and I will confirm his name shortly when I can open Lorenzo my... maybe it's Lorenzo <laughs> that would be good it is Scott you're right it was Scott you were thank you I see I, I pay I that's one thing I've, as I've got older, I've, that's been one of my things I need to do better because I'm the world's worst at someone getting introduced to someone and they say their name and then it's 10 seconds later, I'm like, oh, what's, what's their name again? But um, as, as someone who needs to, rem- I, I need to have a, a mind and a, a brain like a, uh, a sponge right now because I've got my citizenship test on Monday um, to become an American citizen. Oh. And I need to, I have 100 questions that I need to know the answers to. And uh, right now, kind of things that are entering my head are, are sticking, thankfully. So that's how I remember Scott. So thank you, Scott. <laughs> so on that point, very well made by Scott. We're not going to dissect all that because we've done it so much, how bad the form is. But um, one of the things I think frustrates a lot of people, including myself, is the way that Anne and maybe Craig have spoken about things is acting as if this is five league games and we're judging it all on that you know people are going crazy it's ridiculous if Craig Living was put in charge in the summer fair enough yeah we're, it'd be ridiculous to start judging someone after Betfred Cup group stages and five league games this is not just after the summer this is as second full season and third pretty much because he was employed early on two seasons ago this run of form is almost a year. It was the BBC put it up basically with yeah end of October. The only the only team with less points than us in the top flight since the end of October was the most appalling side that went down with a whimper Dundee, um, and that is that is just unbelievably bad. And as I mentioned at the start of the show, we have now equaled not Hearts' worst winless run in recent history or modern history in Hearts' entire history. 
they have only ever went 12 games without a league win. We have now equaled that. I think it's only happened twice before in our entire history since the, the 19th century. If we do not beat Hibs of the weekend, it will officially be our longest winless league run in history. And when you compare the current Hearts team to, you know, the dark days of the 70s and even, you know, recent times in administration when Gary Locke had a couple of teenagers and a packet of crisps resource-wise, that is, that is almost unforgivable that we're on a run that bad. Especially, Laurie, when you look at the games that we haven't won and you look at the home games and you look at the teams that have either beaten us or drawn with us and you do the whole... I, I always think it's a salient test of uh, let's let's put the two teams together, how many of their team would get into our team and vice versa. Most weeks, out with the old firm and maybe Aberdeen, we'd probably have the majority of players in a combined 11 between us and the opponent. So... And that's with the injuries, so and that's why I don't I don't buy the the whole injuries thing. And and it's it's convenient. It's a convenient excuse that is, it's like the Premier League only started. Um, football only began in 1992 with the, with the Premier League. Nothing happened before that. It's like nothing happened before this season. Let's just take it from from the Betfred Cup or, or or the league. Can't have that. It's it's got to be a bigger picture. And what what I found interesting, I've spoken before about. Um, podcast obviously i love doing this but the bbc scotland sports sound podcast is a is a nightly listen and i, I found monday and and wednesdays this week were were interesting because michael stewart was on 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 monday uh, along with tom english and, and i like listening to the monday show because they, they don't hold back but then peter grant was on on the wednesday and had a right go and called michael stewart a liar um basically michael said it's not personal peter says that's a lie 100 percent. it's a personal vendetta that that michael has against craig levine now again they, we we don't know we just we have to um adhere to what we listen to but it it sounds like at times it, it's going over the top but there was there was very little that i could disagree with um on on monday with regards to to what michael was saying but there, there comes a time with with Michael. Craig could have won the Scottish Cup, and I'm sure Michael would have still found flaws with that. Um, but th- th- that's the way he is. But it is a, it's it's an entertaining um, listen, uh, whether or not you agree or you don't agree. But again, I hate the fact that we're having even the necessity of of this discussion ahead of an Edinburgh derby, which growing up was the first. Never mind Celtic and Rangers; it was the first fixture you looked at when you used to get the fixtures uh, in the newspaper before the internet and whatever, right? When's the derbies? We have a derby coming up on Sunday. And it's not even trepidation. There's, it, it's just apathy, sadly, from me and, and from many others. And the anger has just been, it's been multiplied tenfold, sadly, with, with everything that people have got to gripe about. I put a tweet out after the game on, on uh, Saturday. And you, you know my opinion based on, when I've said that it's time to go for Craig in podcasts gone by. But I put it on Twitter, I said, look, that's it, time's up. Um, and then I, I got abuse afterwards from whoever it was, some knuckle-dragging keyboard warrior or, or whatever, who, when I put Robbo to take over after interim Locke and Naismith for the derby, called, I got two tweets, both saying my opinion was pathetic, and then he went off in a rant. So I don't block people, but... I'm sure he can keep tweeting me. I've muted him, whoever he is. But it's just anger. 
And I'm sure I've probably had a few beers or whatever in the cold light of day. We're all entitled to our opinion. That was my opinion at the time. Get Robbo till the end of the season. Um, and just, just we need change. But everyone's arguing about everything if you wear a maroon and white scarf right now. And I don't know how we re- rectify that in the short term. But the longer this goes on without change, we're in danger of damaging things long term. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because um, the second point from Scott, a.k.a. Amoruso Let's It Run, is a foundation of hearts are in a very awkward position at the moment with Anne Budge and some fans guilty of not seeing the bigger picture and long-term damage that this standoff is having on fan ownership. To cancel Foundation of Hearts subscriptions would be an empty gesture, so I implore fans uh, not to buy into any suggestions to go down this path. I would also encourage Ambudge to think about this when issuing statements that appear to neuter uh, Foundation of Hearts' ability to influence current on-field matters. Um, that's a really that's a really good point, Laurie. I, 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 want to, I, I want to second that, and I'm sure you want to third that as well. Just don't... You can be upset, and you can be frustrated, and you can be annoyed, but this isn't a short-term thing. Your 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 monthly deposit, however small, however big it is, is is needed for the long-term future mm-hmm. of this football club. So don't do anything silly just because you don't like what it is right now. Don't do that, please. No, and I would agree, and I haven't changed my stance and my contribution to that. You know, your your direct debit that goes in. Um, however. I would say, and again, we're both going to play devil's advocate, I feel, over the course of this. And it's good to try and get a bit of a balance on things. Um, It's everyone, you know, I would implore fans like Scott to not do that. But, you know, it's everyone's choice whether they want to do something or not do something. If, If fans, and I think the problem is, fans are feeling forced. And I know most comments when people are doing it are that, well... Anne is clearly not interested in what's going on in the park, so it doesn't matter how bad we are on the pitch. The only but thing that's not true as well. No, she's I, a she's I, a no, Hearts fan as well. Of course, she wants success on the pitch. I I know, but what, sorry, I'm I'm not speaking my opinion here. I'm saying what people are saying is the only thing they feel she maybe will answer to or or take notice of is that side of it. I don't agree with that, but I'm saying that's what people feel like, and I think that's why we see other things like protests outside the main stand after a game, which is absolutely crazy to see. Um, and again, it's everyone's right to do that. I mean, I wasn't in with the protests. I saw it and I said, I, I can understand their frustration. They're watching terrible football week in, week out, and it's been the best part of a year that they've been having to do so. And they see no change. And it's just excuses after excuses. So all I'm, all I'm saying is it's dangerous where we're going because although I wouldn't want an owner to just act upon... Um, the masses because just because a bunch of Hearts fans or the majority of Hearts fans feel something isn't always necessarily going to mean that you should go down that way but at the moment we're down a path where she's you know we're losing the faith of so many Hearts fans and whilst I don't think it's the right decision to affect Foundation of Hearts subscriptions I guess it's the knock-on effect. That it's an interesting point about the Foundation of Hearts finding themselves in in a different or a, a, a difficult um, predicament because you you don't need to 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 kind of go far on on Twitter to see the abuse being dished out. Now, I've never met Stuart Wallace from the Foundation of Hearts, the the, the chairman, but I thank everyone who's played a small, a big, uh, a medium, whatever part to play 
um, whether it's Ian Murray from back in the day, the MP who was involved, everyone, whether you pledge a pound a week or whatever, you've played a part in, in, in getting hearts from where they were to, to where they are now. Um, I've never met Stuart. I've dealt with him a few times via email um, with regards to setting up accounts so that I could pay my monthly um, uh, my monthly dues or, or whatever you want to call them um, a while ago. And he he's getting stick. He he's getting abuse. Now there'll be those that say, "Yeah, he he's he's the lackey for for Anne or or whatever." I I don't I don't know. And and I just it's another example, Laurie, of. I don't care either. It's another example of, of just angry Hearts fans, of which we all are. Frustration was, anger is. Stuart shouldn't be getting personal stick on Twitter. No one who's involved with it. What, what is society becoming that we think we can abuse someone on a platform that will probably never meet the person but we wouldn't do that. You wouldn't go up to, in the street to someone and just be vitriolic towards them. So that, this isn't just a hard thing. This is a societal thing. So it's, it's difficult to appeal for calm when we're in a situation like this. But there is there comes a time when you've got a plan in one place. This is what's going to happen going forward. And we're not going to deviate too much from the plan. You've got to be patient. There comes a time. If we keep losing matches, if we lose against Hibs, if we lose against Aberdeen, if we lose the next time and keep losing, there's going to come a time where there is no way back and there is no other decision that can be made yeah. but for, mm-hmm. a, for, a, for a clean break. And then how does that go down with regards to the statement that was made. There'll be a hell of a lot of backtracking. And that's why I don't think that particular statement was a wise thing to do. Maybe they need some PR help. Because as so many people have, have suggested, you could tell it's an budget statement because of the ellipses. Um, good honour for coming out and, and trying to appease the masses. Sadly, she's, she's done the opposite. The one word, Laurie, that, that, that came about as a result of that statement from most Hearts fans were, was, was patronising. And, and maybe Anne's kind of realised that the words maybe weren't ideal or whatever, but I, I, I just think there's a time and a place for, for something like that. And, and she, needs, she needs to maybe listen a little bit more to other people, to more people. I think that's probably fair to more people rather than other people. And if she does, she might not necessarily take what they say on, on board, but it is another voice, another thought, another idea. Because right now, I don't know the insides, and, and she's perfectly right to say all these people that have an opinion or have a voice, they've got no idea what goes on behind the scenes. No, not, neither do I. Neither do I. I couldn't do the job that, that she's doing. But... I just think, and maybe Anne would admit it in private, that if she had a few more people giving her, not necessarily advice, but but um, thought processes, then she could then decide, okay, that might work or, or no. But it just doesn't seem like that right now. It appears from the outside looking in, and this might be wrong, but it appears that the only person that, that she's listening to is, is, is Craig Levine. Now, that's probably wrong, but that's the perception from the fans. 
just going on from one of the points you made, thanks for the um, email, Scott Amaruso, let's run. There was a third point, which I'm not going to go into because um, we've got a lot of other things to get onto. And you've just mentioned about one of the things, and this is one of the main things I think that people took from the statement, um, maybe not just the fact that it was, I suppose, backing Craig Levine for now anyway, but a certain word in there which I think maybe irked some people. Uh, Rich uh, tweeted us and said, the main thing that annoys me, and there's a lot of other things, is the, in um, speech marks, genuine hearts supporters. He goes on to say, what does that mean? Is there a tier system? Are the board implying that you support this board or you're not a supporter? So that's been mentioned a few times. Um, MJK says, one of the worst statements I've had the misfortune to read. Utterly contemptuous and hugely patronising. No mention of the fact we're on the worst run in our history. No mention of the turgid football being served up week in, week out. No mention of players being played out of position. Players having no confidence, not being able to score goals or keep them out. Um, making out there's uh, been unnecessary hysteria because of the start to the season alone, like we are having some kind of knee-jerk reaction. Also, what on earth is a genuine Hearts fan? Um, Ann Budge has done great things for this club, but this statement is woefully lacking and has only fueled the already intense flames. This genuine Hearts fan wants change now. This has gone on way too long. Um, now, I think you touched upon it really well there. One of the things with this now, when anyone makes a statement, um, a club statement. I think it's always slightly different than maybe someone just like me or you blasting a tweet out or something we say on here, which is often off the cuff. You you know, we don't we try and choose our words carefully, but you don't always first time around. So I'm sure we listen back. I have. I'm sure you have to what we speak about and say, oh, why did I say it that way? What am I talking about? That doesn't sound right. But you know, we're a couple of Hearts fans chatting away to uh, a small audience. Um, it's not critiqued in the same way. But when a club puts out an official statement that goes out to, you know, five figures worth of people who are going to read that intently, it's slightly different. And I think you can tell Anne's obviously put that out herself. You can just tell by reading it. That's not inside information I have or anything like that. You, you, you've said it yourself. I think if you have time and you put that past someone. Like, if me or you were writing a statement, I'm sure if you wrote the statement, you sent it to me, I'd probably say, well, you might want to look at that, and vice versa. Because sometimes, like you said, a second or a third opinion is useful. Even just that little word, ah, genuine hearts fan. I don't think she has any malicious intent in that. And I think all she's meaning to highlight is the fact that there are certain fans who have gone way too far, and we've highlighted them. And that's... It, and, and said unacceptable things and his ridiculous things out there and been spray painted on walls. But I think people have taken that the way. It's like, oh, so you mean the genuine Hearts fans who will agree and won't be going against what you're saying or the manager? Um, it's just little things like that, which I, I, I knew as soon as I read it, and I think you did as well. As soon as I read that, I was like, oh, my Lord, the backlash to this is going to be unbelievably bad. It just takes a phone call to someone, to, to a few people. Have a look at this for me. What do you think? Oh, not sure about that word, genuine. Um, okay, I'll take it out. I'll find it if, if that's what we're talking about then. Okay. Um, look, if I was to say to you right now, what is the solution? If you were to give Ann Budge advice that would help get us out of the predicament we are in. What would your advice to her be? 
<laughs> det, um, <laughs> is just getting rid of the manager an option here? Because that's really the simple and obvious and needed solution, I think. Um, and, and very quickly, I mean, one of the things on here... <laughs> We're obviously. I'm going to go through more um, feedback, and we might run over a bit this week. But I'm not too bothered about it on this. I don't mind that. No, um, I don't mind that. But one of the things I find interesting, and I'm going. To, this isn't from anyone else's tweet. This is um, this is uh, from Anne's statement. A couple of things. So she she mentioned we're in constant dialogue about performances. What's going wrong in the pitch? And, um, she then goes on to say, Craig has to present to the full board every board meeting on how things are going against the plan across all areas of the football operation, including highlighting issues, blah, 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 blah. She then goes on to say, we have our board has four non-executive directors appointed because of their business acumen and experience. Um, <sighs> Craig Levine is still acting as director of football. It, it, and some people suggest this as he spread too thinly here. My concern is that there's a board here, without doubt, with experienced business people, and Budge included. Um, from a football management perspective, and I'm not saying that I'm, I would be able to manage a football department. I wouldn't have a clue. I, I think I can talk about a football game with some reasonable confidence, but I wouldn't say I could manage the football department. But the person managing that football department and giving the board the feedback, from what I can see, is the man whose job we all feel is now untenable. So Craig Levine isn't going to come and speak to the board and go, right, I, I think the manager really is struggling. I, I, you know, I, I think we need to look at that and change. Of course he's going to go in there and do his best to defend his position, like anyone would. I don't doubt he would because it's self-preservation. I would do the same if it was my job and I had to sit in front of the board and defend things and explain why things have been going wrong. Now my concern, just from reading between the lines there, is the only football advice here, the only football feedback is coming from the one man who is going to want to do everything he can to ensure that the manager's position is protected, because it's his position. It's like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. You don't come out with a statement after the fans tried to charge the doors or whatever yeah, they did. Yeah. The, the, the protest, you get stick for not coming out with a statement. You, you come out with a statement, you get stick for the wording of the statement. But that's what she got herself into. And once again, we're very thankful. I mean, it's funny, while, while we've been going through the comments today, I was looking at the comments from Hearts fans on Twitter after previous Anne Budge statements, and I would say 90% of them are, thank you, thank you, you've been great since you came in. And, and that's been as a result of her sticking up for the football club, her doing things for the football club. She, she has been someone who has been um, required at the football club. But like anything, it's, it's like me being a commentator um, on ESPN, you being a commentator on Hearts, you've got to have thick skin because whatever we say, there are people who will disagree with what we say, but it's how you respond to that. And I'm not sure what's more alarming, the statement and the wording of the statement or this story, now we're recording Friday, and I know it's a bit later, we apologise for that, but the Scotsman, Craig Fowler, I think earlier today, put out a story um, talking about an email response. That, that's a case of thing, things are escalating quickly, try and nip it in the bud, making it worse and, and whatever. Just look for a little bit of, uh, whether it's PR, 
um, guidance, uh, employing a an out of uh, out of club um, PR firm on uh, a kind of ad hoc basis for for certain things because. I've got no issue with most of the other statements that, that she's released that have all been mainly positive or certainly standing up um, for hearts. Um, but I don't want it to be down the road of the kind of Rangers when it's like Pravda um, or the, the Holocon thing through in the West where um, they were employed to, to kind of firefight. Just, just someone that she trusts um, who isn't working for the football club to just give her a little bit of advice because... The last thing we want, and I'm speaking as, as a heart supporter of goodness knows how many years, 35 years. Um, I, I don't want this to end up with Anne Budge saying, I, I don't need this. Because right now there's a chance that that, that, that may happen, whether it's the handover and she just gets out, because right now the handover would be her staying put. Um, but transferring the, the kind of ownership over. I don't want us to be in a predicament whereby in the future, maybe two or three years down the line, we're not much further forward than we were after we came out of administration. We've kind of gone backwards. We've taken so many giant leaps forward. I don't want us to take, not as many, but a few giant steps back um, and then have to, to start from there again. I think we're, we're in a situation where everyone has to play a part. Anne's been great for the football club since she came in, but she's got to listen. She's got to take better advice, whether it's statements or, or whatever. Um, maybe we just need a clean break. And I've said on this podcast about Craig not being manager anymore, but maybe going back involved. <laughs> this this um, thing I mentioned earlier, this Scotsman, um, piece. Craig's basically saying that he gives every second of every day to the football club. He's someone who um, is so desperate for success. As Michael Stewart and Tom English succinctly put it on, on Sports Sound, it's getting to the stage where you can't see the woods from the trees. And it's not going to change now. He's not going to wake up one day and, and suddenly say, nah, it's not for me. So it's got, the decision's got to be taken outside of, of his control. We need to be in a situation where going forward, we have most people singing from the same hymn sheet. The longer we leave this, as it is right now, it's just going to manifest itself. We're going backwards. We cannot afford to go backwards. We need to continue going forward. Right now, we're going to have to take at least one step back to go forward. But to get everyone on the same page... We need to do the right thing, and that starts from the top. I'm going to get through a lot more of the messages we've had, um, and I will say the majority are um, in a negative response to the statement. However, I, I want to provide as much balance as, as we can. So um, a message from a friend of mine, actually, um, Mr. Watson Brown, um, who many of you will probably know, actually goes the other way. So he says, I'm going to go against the grain here. I don't have much of an issue with the statement. Um, it addresses the obvious footballing concerns. It acknowledges the sheer disappointment at the current situation. 
uh, barring heavily recognised injuries uh, have played their part, it pretty much puts Levine out there as solely culpable for the situation, given she highlights the investment. The way I see it is, barring some very heavy drubbings, he isn't going to get the sack anyway. It pushes everything on to Levine now and makes it clear he won't survive a second impromptu statement. It's basically a final written warning and a public one. Um, I think it puts a bit of distance between the two, or certainly the two operations going on at the club. Whether it's just lip service or not, is um, or um, not for people to draw their own conclusions. But it's basically Budge saying, "I've done all I can for him. Over to him now." So I, I have to say, it's not how I read it. No. But do you think there's any element of that that, in some way, between the lines, indirectly, she's putting the pressure on Levine I, I mean I think she has but I don't think that was the intent well Craig won't mind the extra pressure I mean Craig's big enough and daft enough and that'd be him saying that to to be able to cope with he might not like it and it's when it gets personal I hate that I don't yeah, like yeah, I think that's, never, that's that's, that's yeah. totally unnecessary but he's big enough and daft enough to, to I mean they're just words well I just my concern is if things don't get better, and I don't see how one one victory at Easter Road is going to be a giant piece of wallpaper. There needs to be um, a, a, a whole host consecutively of, of improvements, um, which which may happen. It, it may happen, but it's it's going to take more than that to, to get everyone on the page. Um, but right now, the, the this derby on Sunday, sadly for for me, is. It's one I approach going into that I'm not I'm not desperately looking forward to. It. I hate, no. I don't want to, I don't want to go into derbies like that, Laurie. They, they want to they want to be the the four biggest games of the season. And right now, do you know what? I'm how many how many Hearts fans will be watching Man United if they don't if they're not Easter Road? How many Hearts fans will be watching West Ham Man United second half or the start of of Chelsea uh, against Liverpool on Sunday and and, and not the the game at Easter Road? I don't know. But I, I was going to say my, it's a I don't understand I, I can't really work out my feelings about the derby because I've went into Easter Road games with far less um, optimism of Hearts getting a result previously. Um, I've been very nervous because I felt that we're we're going to get a doing or we've not got much chance. I felt very pessimistic um, in the same way that I've went there feeling confident. Um, feeling hopeful, feeling excited. Um, there's usually an element of nerves, whether it's excited nerves or pessimistic nerves. I I wouldn't be surprised if we beat Hibs on Sunday. Apart from I anything, think we'll win. apart from anything, they're I, dire. But I don't know what to feel because I don't. I'm not looking forward to it, and I'm not even looking. F- See if you told me now, we're gonna win two nil. I'll probably enjoy it in the moment, but I don't think I'll enjoy it as much as I really should. Look, th- this is something that come kickoff time. I'll be desperately tuned to the Hearts TV, um, desperately hoping for a win. I think we'll win. I think we'll win because it's uh, because it's Easter Road. I wouldn't tip Hearts to win if it was at Tyne Castle. But their fans are just as likely to do what our fans would do if it was at Tyne Castle, if things aren't going well for the home team. I said, I think... um, <laughs> sorry, I was going to say, <laughs> I was saying after the Motherwell game, I was like, is this going to be one of those... Um, unbelievable moments in an Edinburgh derby where 
the both sets of fans unite in some kind of protest against what's going on with the management of the club because I've seen it in games not involving Hearts and Hibs, but I remember um, Tanadice back in about 2000 um, when or 2000-2001 when Chris Robinson was getting a lot of stick in charge of Hearts and United were getting a lot of stick because they were languishing down the bottom end of the table and they brought in a lot of South Americans and the entire ground at one moment united in singing Sack the Board. Um, <laughs> and whilst I don't think necessarily boards need to be sacked at Easter and Tyne Castle, there could be could there be some kind of bizarre solidarity there? The, I hate this Sack the Board, right? There's, there's, there's no such thing as a song that says Hearts Board, Hearts Board, please wise up. Because they're, <laughs> they're doing what they think is the best for the football club. But as I said earlier, let's not get back to where we were by people walking away from things that they think, you know what, I I don't need this. Let's not put ourselves in that predicament. However, there has to be, there has to be an element from the board to say, come on, what can we do to get everyone back on the same page? And, And right now it might go against the plan but if 90% of your customers want something and you can give them that, albeit it might be by going against what you have previously said, but if it helps appease, not totally appeases, but helps appease 90% on average, that's what we reckon mm-hmm. from polls and votes, then Craig Levine has to be he has to be cut. He he has to be um, got rid of um, as a as a start of the next step on this new tweaked plan journey. Mm-hmm. Call it what you want. And I don't get me wrong. And and this is where I think it's important. And I've said it before as well. We would all do the same. We would fight and scratch and bite and say to our bosses, "Don't sack me. I can I can I can turn this around." Of course, yeah. We would we would all do that. But there comes a time, she was ruthless, was Anne Budge, with regards to Ian Cathro, whether it was her decision or whether it was Craig's or whatever. But and Gary Locke, Gary Locke as and, well. And, and, and Gary Locke as well. I mean, and to, I think to, both decisions were the right ones. You know, I think what that, happened right, after, okay. yeah. and, and that's the thing, Laurie. Right now, it appears from the outside looking in that the right decision is to jettison the head coach. So why is it not being done? Because if we keep losing, she's going to have to go against her statement sometime. She will. Um, another, maybe slightly more positive look at it from Jesse North, who says, injuries have been massive. The pieces are in place. Craig Levine needs to get them clicking. I'm not sure that he can do it. Maybe he's too set in his ways. But the absolute levels of some of the support is shameful. I think we can look forward to the comeback starting with the Derby. Now, question for you, Mark. Um, you said... A win against Hibs, which you think is very possible and plausible, wouldn't really change an awful lot in your views. What would it take for your opinion? Because obviously, you know, we've spoken about it before. We know that your opinion, which is the same as me, is that Craig Levine is not now the right man to best take the team forward. What would it take for your opinion to change on that? On Craig Levine? Yes. So right now, I know that you think he's not the right man to be manager and we'd be better with someone else being in charge. Um, 
is there anything that can happen to change that? Well, yeah. Hearts start winning and don't stop winning. To what extent? Because, to what extent? Well, that's the question. Because how many times have we been on this podcast previewing one game, previewing a set of games, mm-hmm. and we think well, if we can get nine points from our next three or I'd take 12 from 15, there is a reason that managers say I'm taking each game. It's annoying as hell from a broadcaster or a journalist's perspective because it's, it's just it's cliched bullshit. Yeah. But I, to- I totally, I totally get. If I go on air, I'm doing the Milan derby tomorrow. If I go on air, drop an F bomb, a couple of C bombs, and whatever, it'll be the last thing I do. I'll be fired. So I'm not looking ahead to doing Atalanta against Fiorentina on a Sunday um, just yet. I mean, I've obviously done my prep back. You know what I mean? It's it's just this. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. But that's what managers and players and board members and everything like that can come out and say. We're fans. What would it take? And it's a good question. I don't know. There are some people that say it doesn't matter what happens. I'm not having it. This this is why I think we're in a situation that we're in because it's a oh, but what if? What if we what if we beat Hibs? What what if we can stay in in this plan on this on this journey as well? If Craig Levine wasn't a director and wasn't director of football and wasn't so heavily involved in the fabric of the football club if he was just Joe Schmo, another Hearts boss he'd be gone by now and that's the annoying thing it shouldn't matter what other parts of the football club whether he's a director whether he's on the board it shouldn't matter what is up for grabs right here right now is a discussion about the head coach if he's not performing no matter how desperate he is to succeed we're all desperate to do well in life, to do well in our job. Sometimes it's just not possible for whatever reason, whether it's a lack of talent, whether it's bad luck, whatever it is. But it's not for the want of trying. We're not saying that, that Craig Levine's mailing it in. There's no one that would want him to succeed more than himself and his family for what he is doing. But if he was in the Sports Sound studio, if he was on Around the Funnel podcast, if he had no connection as an employee of the football club at all with Hearts and was asked to give his opinion on how the manager or the head coach of this football club is doing, it would be very, very difficult for him, apart from using the whole manager's union, oh, you give him more time. Yeah, that's old school. If he was doing all that, if he was a pundit, I'd be very surprised if he was to say, yeah, well, I can... I can see why I'd give him I'd give him more time as well. This is where we are right now. Well, one of the big counters to that is the fact that we've already highlighted that Craig Levine's run for the last best part of a year, um, and certainly in 2019, is worse than Ian Cathro's percentage-wise winning. Um, Craig Levine sacked Ian Cathro less than a year after he'd been the manager, after only having two transfer windows they had a plan in place yeah they had a plan in place there and they had to change it which is fine and i'm not dis- i'm not disagreeing with his and Anne's decision to remove ian cathro i think it had to be and you could tell by the supporters they couldn't there was no way back from the position we'd got to with ian cathro the, the faith had been completely lost in the manager so they made the decision. i think i think i think laurie this is a very difficult question to answer if hearts win at the weekend then what Changes nothing. Changes nothing really. It, it, no, not, lo- not it, long term. 
No, because there's this there's this palpable apathy among Hearts fans. Everyone will have a different answer to it, right? Let's have a look at our games, right? We've got Hibs away, and what if we don't win? What the likelihood is that Hearts probably won't win at the weekend. It might be a draw or whatever. It's a tough game. It's, it's, it's away from home, right? So how do you sack a manager based, unless we lose 4 or 5 nil, where I think his position is totally untenable. But I don't think we'll do that. As I said, I think we'll win. But based on the statement that has just been released, if Hearts lose 1-0 or 2-1, there's nothing that's going to change next week. You're not going to change anything between Sunday and Wednesday. If Hearts lose at Easter Road and get knocked out the League Cup in the quarterfinal on Wednesday, you've then got three games before you go to St Mirren. It's an away-from home game. You're not at Tynecastle. You don't have to face the baying mob. Then it's Kilmarnock. Then it's Rangers. How far are you looking ahead? If we beat Hibs, then we beat Aberdeen. Big ifs, the way we're playing right now. There's no way he's getting rid of a, a manager then. So it, it's very difficult. And that's why I I would rather Hearts won. On of course. Yeah. Regard, I mean, regardless we're, of we're the I'm a, I'm a Hearts yeah. fan, right? I, I don't... Knowing fine well, what I've just said, if Hearts lose 2-1 or 1-0, I don't think much is going to change based on the statement. It's not going to be one game. It's not going to suddenly change your mind and say, well, you know what? Uh, having seen all the responses or whatever... I've decided it was maybe the wrong thing to do. So I don't see what a defeat, a narrow defeat, is, is going to change much. So I don't, knowing that, I, I don't want Hearts to lose. But if we win and we get through, are we back on track? I think this is one of these, as I said last year, when we were looking for songs to describe the season, and I said patience, right? And I probably gave them too much patience. <laughs> There's very little patience at stake. But if we, if we win our next two, it's like, oh, if we beat Ross County, if we beat Hamilton at home, if we beat Motherwell, then blah, blah, blah. If we lose to them, this is going to happen. If we win our next two, nothing's going to happen with Craig Levine. But wait a minute here. We suddenly have a bit of momentum. We go into St. Mirren are a gang, not like us right now, but they're a gang with, I think, poorer players than, than we are. Then it's Kilmarnock. So, I mean, I'm doing the dangerous thing of looking too where far are you, ahead. Where, where are you going? Where are you going? I don't, I don't know is the answer. <laughs> I don't know. But right, right. By, well... by, put, by, by putting out that statement, <laughs> what they've done is you can't really change things in the short term when you've said there's a plan in place and they're going to stick to it. So I don't know. Do you know one of the things now? I don't want to read out. I know you might people listening may or may not be aware of the email that Anne and what it is is it's been shared on kickback and on twitter it's an email from Anne budge to at least one or possibly some multiple hearts fans who've contacted her and fair play to her for responding whether it's whether whether it's the right thing to do long term or pr wise or not i don't know but she's taken the time to do it and clarify some things um but one of the things she said in the email um and this has been apparently verified um was the fact that she said, while I knew that everything I said in any statement would be ridiculed and picked over. So she's saying that she knew that her statement would be, I guess, largely ridiculed, largely uh, would cause annoyance, basically, with a lot of Hearts fans. It wouldn't go down well. Why why bother making it? I, I just think all it's done, it's like you said, it's a difficult position now because if we do lose to Hebs and we lose to Aberdeen, it's very hard for her to then sack Craig Levine because she's just said we're not throwing plans out the window we're categorically not doing that we're working on fixing it if a week and a half later she sacks him it's kind of like oh well well done 
you, that's completely against what you just said you were going to do. So I don't know if I buy into this whole. It's um, it is a kind of a last uh, you know last warning from between the lines. It's just made it very difficult for her now to do anything else, and it's put a lot of pressure on her as well. So that we agree on. Yeah. So um, what I'm going to do, I'm going to quickly fire through some other because we've got a lot of messages and um, you know it's getting late. It's Friday night. Um, I'm I'm waiting to open. Oh wait, I'll just do it. Um, <laughs> that love. What what time is it for you? Oh, quarter past five. I'm all right. Oh, you 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 should be on four or five by now. Are you not usually? No, not at all. I've just had a cup of tea and a Walker shortbread. This would oh, have been uh, done yesterday if someone oh, had read uh, their. Read their texts. All right, I'm I, I'm still ima- I'm still imagining you just come out with Vafanculo on um on air tomorrow and <laughs> get, getting sacked by ESPN before the next Serie A match. Um, won't happen, of course. You're the uh, consummate professional. Um, Ian Wright, uh, Ian White, rather, sorry, says the statement by Am Budge has missed fans' frustration at Craig Levine's performance. I don't doubt the club have got proper procedures in place, but if this is their plan A, I can only pray, pray that there are other plans ready to be put in place if it doesn't work. Am Budge has done nothing with the statement except rile Hearts fans up even more. We um, have had to accept weeks of Craig Levine stating that he was fixing things and everything was under control. Each game has brought opponents ready to capitalise on our lack of confidence. Change in the manager is needed now. Um, on that note, now we've not spoken about Motherwell game, and I'm not going to dissect the Motherwell game because it's the same story every week just now. Um, but <sighs> that game was just woeful. Um, you could see it coming from the start, what was going to happen. Um, and to be honest, in the end, 3-2 flattered us, I thought. The fact that we were still in with a chance of getting a point towards the end was ludicrous, to be honest. The chances Motherwell were creating and missing, they were the better team. And it's interesting because there was some nonsense about the fact that Hearts are going to approach Stephen Robinson, which Ann Budge quite rightly poo-pooed. I've got to agree with that part of her statement. Tabloids, I think, just making things up, basically, to... That's journalists helping agents get their pal exactly. uh, linked with a job. And then when it comes to maybe a new deal at that football, oh, he's been linked with whatever. Yeah, really? Yeah. That's the way that works. I agree with that. But one thing that's interesting, um, I noticed in the in the BBC points total since late October last year, was that Motherwell in that period have earned more than double the points Hearts have in the best part of a year. And that's a Motherwell team with, I've not got any figures in front of me, but what? A third of maybe Hearts budget? That, that's mental. That in itself is like, well, how how can you be doing so badly and someone else in the same division with a tiny percent of your resources can be doing so much better? I mean, that just... And, and, and Saturday summed up because Motherwell were better than us. They just looked from the start like they were... They had more confidence and even little things. Now, I'm, again, I said I wouldn't dissect the game, but Sean Clare gets a lot of stick and he, he was poor and he was at fault of course for the decisive third goal and you can't legislate for that but why the bloody hell and at half time I was I have to admit I was quite livid at things and their first goal summed up how devoid of any guidance we seem to be just now how come Motherwell's biggest bloody player up for a set piece can stand and nod the ball in and the player who was meant to be marketing him was Sean Clare like that could just sum it up why is Christoph Berra Craig Halkin on him I was, I, I, honestly, I was like, one of these times where I bite my lip during commentary going, what is going on? Do you bite your lip or you bite your tongue? Oh, both, everything. 
bit jittery. Biting your lip would be sore. <laughs> Biting your tongue would stop you from chatting. Other managers in the in the Premiership, Stephen Robinson at Motherwell, I would put in the same bracket as a Derek McInnes, a Gary Holt. Um, that for now, that, that bracket would be managers who can improve the squads that they have, improve players. And I think that's what we need. I think if we had a manager, and goodness knows there's no uniformity of agreement here who that would be, so I'm not going to even suggest anybody. I don't have anybody in particular in mind. But if we had a manager that got 25 30% more out of the players that we have, we would not be in the situation that we are in. So you can try your hardest at something, but there also has to be an element of putting your hand up and admitting, you know what, maybe I'm not just good enough at this anymore. It's like an 80-year-old with failing vision being in charge of a Maserati. You're not going to get the most out of that Maserati with an 80-year-old with failing vision in charge. You have to put someone in charge of a football club or a sports car or, or whatever that's going to get the best out of what they have to work with. And sadly, right now, I don't think we have the best person in charge of the football club from a managerial perspective that is getting the best out of what he has to work with. We are so much better than we are showing right now. And that partly can be the player's fault, but mainly has to be the coaching. 100%. And one thing, one bit I'm going to pick from this, the original statement again is um, when it says... What we do, what we do not do, is overreact, throw all of our plans out the window, and start again. I'm frequently asked in what way running a football club is different from running a normal business. While there are many differences, I firmly believe that that one thing is the same, no matter what business you're running. I disagree with that. Um, fair enough. Off-field matters, the the business side of the football club, completely. See when it comes to on-field. It, it's not the same in football. It just right. isn't. Yeah. It just is not the same because it's it, it, your customer base is this a group of people emotionally involved in this, and you have to factor that in. And at the same time, in the best will in the world, we've seen it. How many times have we seen a great player who goes to one club and it just clicks and it works and he's brilliant? Gets bought by another club and he's crap. Maybe go into another club and it's great again. Um, same with managers works brilliantly at one club, manager, everything goes well, his plan works perfectly, picked up by another club because he does so well, and he's terrible. It just, football isn't like that, there's too many emotional factors involved in football, I think you can't, you can't say it's the same. You just I, I agree with that, I agree with that, and, and here's, here's like an kind of addendum to that argument. Successful business people get to where they are because of two things. One, they're very good at their job. And two, part of that is because they can delegate to experts. And what you have is a situation where each little department, then bigger department, then the company as a whole is a success because you have trust in those that you delegate duties to. Now, in this instance, a football club, the business side of things and the football side of things, we can only talk about the football side of things. If this was a business, the football side of things was a business, and your lieutenant wasn't working, wasn't doing what they'd done, 
you've got two choices. One, you can play the waiting game, which is what Hearts are doing right now. Or two, if it's clearly not working, then you make a change. So why isn't a change being made right now? And this, this is difficult. And I think you're right. This is different from running an IT business or, or whatever. This is a situation whereby you're dealing with people's feelings. You're dealing with customers. You're you're dealing with a long-term future. And when you've got them angry and upset and annoyed, now frustrated and now feeling patronized, it's very difficult. You can't just go and visit them and appease them by talking to them because you've got thousands that you have to do that with. You don't have those same customers. You probably have one customer in charge of everything who makes a decision. This is different. So I agree with the with the passion, but I also agree and, and wish to say that if, if you're in a situation whereby things aren't working as part of your business, you make a change so that they work again. So why is it any different in football? And people in football as well. I mean, anything personal-wise is always it's uncalled for, you know, making it personal, whether it's a, a player or a manager or an owner, whoever it is. But I think when you're involved in football, so whether you are a football player or you are a football manager, what comes with the territory is you are in the limelight far more. So you are going to be susceptible to people picking apart your performance and you're going to be criticised. And the, the other side of that is the fact that people in football are very well paid. You know, Craig Levine earns six figures, so and lots of managers earn far more than that. And, and to be honest, if people, if managers lose their jobs, you know what happens? They're getting paid by the club that they leave usually until they get another job, which usual day-to-day jobs don't normally have that luxury. So whilst it sometimes maybe seems harsh, you know, to say we think someone should lose their job, football's very different again because players and managers whilst they're still working for things and you know whilst they still have bills to pay and families to feed they're buying into a profession which you get a very healthy reward for in comparison to should we say a day job but what comes with the territory is a much harsher environment when it comes to your performances and that's just that just comes with the territory that's just what happens we've spent over an hour talking about a, a topic that a lot of people, a lot of every Hearts fan has been talking about this this week. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's justified that we're going on a little bit, a little bit longer. Um, but we have always been a podcast about not just identifying problems, but finding a solution. Mm-hmm. Is it simply a case of the best solution right now to kickstart Hearts to where we need and want to be is by getting rid of the head coach. I think so. Well, like, right, what I'm going to do, because I keep saying I'll do it, let's just fire through the other messages we've got, see if anyone pops up. Because this is off the cuff. I've, I've collated, I've, I've pasted all the messages into one thing, but I've not gone through them. So let's see what everyone says. Um, Anne Waddle says, flabbergasted, was so angry at full time on Saturday, I was almost in tears, seriously failed to understand how Craig Levine can still have the board's backing. If I hear once more he can turn it around, Mark Donaldson will hear me screaming in the US. Um, Gordon Stitt says, the fact Derby tickets went on general sale says a lot about how fans feel. That's the second time that's happened in a row for a game at Easter Road, which does say a lot. Um, there was a time when it was like gold dust getting a ticket for, for Hibs away. Um, our friend, Claudio uh, Berbeche, the Romanian in Belgium, 
um, had came back with two points uh, about the... Let's see what he says about the statement. One, Twilight Zone territory. Stubbornness and tunnel vision from both Craig Levine and Anne Budge in the face of painfully clear reality. But since we've entered this parallel dimension, here's what I'd like to see on Sunday. This is the second point. Hearts fumble their way to victory over Hibs. Levine, Mike drops his resignation. Budge puts pen and paper aside and goes out to talk to the fans. There is nothing wrong with your television set. I don't think it'll happen, any of it, but you you, you can hope. Maybe things will be different. Um, Andy Grant says, plenty being said. Um, she's clearly talking about Michael Stewart uh, in regards to her comments about reporters uh, and the press, rather. But instead of putting out his uh, fire, she actually makes what he says look genuine. Everyone in football would say Craig Levine shouldn't be in a job um, after the run he, is, uh, he has, so he, uh, he must have too much control. Um, Andrew says, perhaps a bit of an overreaction to the statement. He's now had the dreaded vote of confidence and there's usually only one way that ends. Uh, I just hope we're not too far adrift when he does go. I just think we're going around in circles. Uh, Everyone's got the same thought process. This is what annoys me. Everyone has the same kind of idea as to how we resolve the, the situation, the apathy right now and what needs to change, yet Nothing's been done about it. So I think we could have an hour podcast, a 10-minute podcast, a 10-hour podcast. It's, it's just if, if most people are on the same sheet then and they're not being listened to, when will they be listened to? What, what's it going to have to take? Is it, is it beyond results now? And I'm not advocating any um, people not going to games or whatever because I want bums on seats. But with bums on seats comes more grievances. We're in a very difficult situation right now. And it's it, it's frustrating. But of all the correspondence we've had, and we have had a lot, and thank you, even if we haven't got to you, um, what would you say, 95% of it, if not more, is all pretty similar. Is that yeah. fair? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you say, thanks to everyone for getting in touch. I've not read through a lot of them, but there is that general same feeling, frustration at how things are going, annoyance at you know, the wording and message within a statement. Um, I think statement or not, I think most fans would be in the same position that they feel the manager has to go. Um, Right now, I I don't know if, I I don't know what the solution is. But if he doesn't go, Laurie, then then what? What, what This is the problem. The thing is, if he doesn't go and it continues as is, I mean, like you say, there's, quickly going to be a point where Anne Budge will have to act. And I don't doubt that she will act at some point. I just think her, I guess her threshold is far further down the line than most Hearts fans would want. And I think, and this is, again, based on I do not have any insider knowledge or relationship with anyone who would be able to give me this kind of information, but I get the impression one of the big problems here is that Anne Budge is football input comes from Craig Levine and that's why he was brought into the club you know they're very close we knew that before and obviously they've become closer in a business sense now so he is her advisor from a football perspective but that just doesn't work if she's advised if she's taking him as the advisory role on the management when he's the manager that's that's I think the big problem with all this and it, it might just be that Craig Levine it just doesn't work to do those two jobs. 
if you want to have a director of football, if you want to have someone on the board who is your football, um, who covers the football side of it, gives the football input, gives the assessment, critiques it, gives the plus sides, gives the negative sides, that man can't also be the one who's accountable directly for the management of the team. That's, I think, you know, whether you want Craig Levine to go or not, and I think the majority do at this point, but regardless of that, whether things start to get better, that's always going to be there, I think. And I think that's where, even if Craig Levine goes on a fantastic run, I think there will always be that underlying issue that something needs to change in how that is managed. So that this is me saying, look, absolute best case scenario for Ann Budge and for Craig Levine, things do pick up. We get results on the board. We start pushing up that table. We start you know, challenging for that top three where we should be. I don't think it will happen, but if it did... That still has to be addressed, I think, because all that's going to happen as soon as there's any slight break in that form, fans are going to be onto it now. I don't think they'll easily forget this no matter what happens. It would take a monumental turnaround. You know, you're talking challenging for league and maybe winning a trophy or two for that to change. That's where I think the big problem lies, regardless of whether this whether regardless of whether this fork in the road goes the way of Craig Levine sticking around or the way of him going. I think that's always going to be there. 1985. My first season watching the football club. Just before I went to my first game, Hearts lost 6-2 at St Mirren. They then started this unbeaten run, of which Dundee, they drew at home. Then my first game, St Mirren, they won 3-0. And then the rest is history. They went on a, a run that took them so close to to league glory. That's best case scenario this season. And I'm not talking about league glory. I'm talking about turning things around. Mm-hmm. It is possible. And I, I, all I'm hearing now is, is just words. And it's the same, same sentences. It's the same viewpoints. There isn't anyone to come on. Uh, or we haven't invited anybody on that's, that's got a different viewpoint. We, we try to be fair. But think, things can turn around. But I think the current situation that we have, it's going to be a lot harder to get more people back on side than it would have been had change have been made prior to this. And that, that that's frustrating. It can be turned around. It can be turned around with Craig Levine. But it's like a new manager coming to a football club. If the fans like him, if he's the unanimous choice, if he's maybe an ex-player or a hero or whatever, and they can relate to him, it's going to get a little bit longer than someone who's a left-field candidate that the board have thought, you know what, I think this this untried, untested person can can do well. So they're going to get less time, so they've got to hit the ground running. I, that, this is going back to the question you asked earlier. What, what if we win at Easter? Or what if we win in the League Cup? I don't know, but I'm intrigued to see how this turns out. I just hope that the apathy which I felt during the Motherwell game, and which I feel right now, and it, it won't be apathy... Um, come kickoff time, because I'll be I'll be totally invested on on Sunday from afar. I hope that this apathy prior to games goes, and I don't know how it will go for mm-hmm. me and and for everybody else. But we're at a crucial time um, for for this football club. Decisions have to be made that are the correct decisions, and I think it's now bigger than results on the park for Hearts. We're in hell right now, gentlemen. Believe me. And we can stay here, get the shit kicked out of us, or 
we can fight our way back. How are we gonna How are we gonna end this? Because, like you say, we could we could go on for a long time. But um, I've I've, I've this is I only took three cans through before we started this. So <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday night. Yeah. yeah, it's it's twenty to eleven where I am. This is this is Friday night time. We'll go out and yeah, I think paint the time maroon. I think what what we what we need to say, and we need to to kind of move away from what we've just spent an hour and a half now um, debating. There has been a, a change in um, circumstances, certainly for for you as far as your work is concerned. So what we're just a, a kind of bit of housekeeping. What we're going to try and do, boys and girls, is not do a Friday podcast like this is a this is a one off. It's it's a combination of un- unfortunate things this week that have resulted it's in a us statement re- special. <laughs> what, did, what did I say to you last week on WhatsApp? Why don't we have a few drinks, get pissed, and then record a, a special after them all? And oh, thankfully, oh. you didn't respond. No. Um, yeah. So, so we're we're going to try and find. Uh, it, it, we'll we'll try and do it a Wednesday if possible going forward. But bear with us for the next couple of weeks while we try and find a regular spot that suits both of us and our schedules. Schedules, however the hell you call it. Um, we we will keep going on a weekly basis, but uh, just uh, please have a little bit more patience than uh, than you have with your football team, if you wouldn't mind for us, because <laughs> yes. we enjoy doing this. We I, I love doing this because we get good feedback from it. It's cathartic. Uh, that, that, that hasn't been today. Jesus. No. I just feel it. Um, I, I don't know what it's been today. I, 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 I think it's been a necessary hour and a half. I would have liked it to have been done in half an hour. A necessary uh, evil. Can... I think it has been. I think it has been. Um, but I just, I think what it shows, Laurie, is that the, the amount of people that we had in touch, getting in touch with us, and the passion that we have for our football club, we're all we're all desperate for the same thing, and that's where we can agree on. We all want what's good and what's best for the football club. Hopefully, we'll get it. That's that's my last tuppence worth. So keep an eye on the Twitter feed uh, at Around the Funnel, and I'll keep you up to date on when we are recording the next shows, and we'll try and figure out a regular slot. I know everyone enjoyed the whole Wednesday recording. You get it on Thursday morning, which was great for everyone, but work schedules have changed, so that's not as easy as that. Um, But we will keep um, you up to date. If you do have any feedback, you can get us on that Twitter handle or email podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk. Before we go... Just want to mention, um, you know, very sad news about a very well-respected Hearts player before my time, but um, Bobby Prentice, um, who sadly passed away. So thoughts with his friends and family. And also our best wishes with Mr. Jim Jeffries, who of course was sadly um, taken ill, but we hear is doing better. So we're hoping he can make a full recovery. Um, a Hearts legend both on and off the pitch um, thank you to everyone for the replies to the homework that we put last week but because of everything that's happened we haven't got onto that but we will touch upon that next week which was your favourite Hearts possessions and memorabilia etc so thanks to everyone for contributing to that we'll touch upon it next time um, I think that's all say, bu- say think- bye Eva Grace she 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 kind of mum keeps it away for like an hour and a bit every week. But now it's over an hour and a half. Uh, there were tears and she's missing <laughs> missing that. So Eva Grace, say say say. Eva Grace, what just, what will the score she, be on Sunday in the Edinburgh? What will Derby? the score be on Sunday, Eva Grace? She says two one to Hearts. <laughs>
Baba. Who's Baba? He's going to score? Oh, that's two. Okay. That's two. Baba's two. Now she's got hold of the phone and Skype, so I, I may... I may disappear. So we'll end on a positive. Ava Grace says Hearts will win 2-1 on Sunday. And if that's what she said, she's probably got more sense than the pair of us together. Now she's she's broken the internet. Right, I think it's time for... for, for <laughs> can't do that, love. No, don't show Mummy what Daddy's been looking at on the computer. Oh, dear. Well, we don't want to go there. On that it's, note... it's, it's, it's soccer way. It's soccer sh- way. Sure, sure it is. It, <laughs> Incognito, I hope. Incognito, remember. Oh, that page isn't no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, right. uh, Sorry. Right. The it's statement bad, special bad is over. I'm going to go and get another beer. Um, Mark's going to go and um, sort, his, sort his child out. And yeah, we'll, we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. If you got to this point, well done. It's been a long one. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I, might, I might have to keep that in there. The work has been done, all the buzz is gone Baby, I'm on my way to